baby, we are live. Dynasty Roundtable, holiday season. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Matt Babich is off tonight, but it's okay because we have Tyler Knabley filling in the shoes, the big shoes of Matt Babich. So how you doing tonight, Tyler? They're impossible shoes to fill. I don't think I'll be able to do it, but we'll, we're going to power through. I'm doing great, ready to dive into some Dynasty-centered content, baby. Yeah, we're going to give you our Dynasty. Actually, I'm going to present my Dynasty buys we have 15, maybe 16 players that I've identified as targets in the offseason. So even if you don't have a championship game this week, we've got you covered there. Uh, preparation for 2024. And then we're going to get into some 2024 rookies as well to figure out, is this class as good as we think it's going to be? Which I think is going to be pretty good. And who are some of our favorite players in the class? And all of that starts right now. All right, so let's get right into it. 15 Dynasty buys for 2024. And I'll let you I'll let everybody in on a secret. Half of this is already published. You can go to playerprofiler.com uh articles in the article section. You can see my seven wide receiver targets to buy in the offseason. So we're gonna start with the with the running backs, and I'll say caveat at the very beginning of this conversation. The way I build my dynasty teams is the running back is the cherry on top of the Sunday. It's the last piece of the puzzle for me. So trading for running backs, even talking about trading for running backs makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but I still feel pretty confident that these running backs, if you need a running back in the off season, these are some pretty good targets to trade for. And the first one that I want to talk about is Jalen Warren and Jalen Warren for the Steelers, number six in targets amongst running backs, despite ranking number 35 in snap share. We all know he was sharing a backfield with Najee Harris. Um, but if that snap share goes up, he's a solid, solid RB, too. I mean, he was number six in true yards per carry this year, number one in Duke rate, number three in breakaway run rate, number seven in yards created, number seven in evaded tackles amongst running backs. And if you compare him to Najee Harris and those metrics, it's really not close. So. What do you think? Is Jalen Warren a good dynasty buy, Tyler? I think he is because I think I remember in the beginning of the offseason, I remember kind of look at, at the Najee Harris, like just for best ball, like this season. And you kind of you have to mention Jalen Warren. And I remember thinking that in like in July, there's no way Jalen Warren's going to take over Najee Harris. They spent a first round draft pick on this guy. He was unbelievable in his first year in the league. I think he was like the RB3 or RB4 overall, something like that. And he and then this year, Jalen Warren comes out. He, what was he an undrafted free agent? I think or mm-hmm. very late round pick, something like that. And yep. he comes out and he takes the the spot from Najee Harris, Alabama, first round pick. that's already flashed in the league, and he just takes a spot because Mike Tomlin doesn't care who you are. He wants he wants to keep that playoff that uh that winning record like on. He wants to keep that on his resume. So I think it just really Jalen Warren is the best back in Pittsburgh. And I think if the offense just gets any better. And not and we see Jalen Warren get more carries. I mean, maybe they even move on from Najee Harris uh, sometime in the upcoming future. Like I, they're definitely not going to pick up his fifth year option. There's no there's no shot they're going to pick up his fifth year option. So I I really like Jalen Warren. If we can see the offense get a little bit better, that's think it's the only concern you have right now is it's not a good offense. I don't think Kenny Pickett's the answer. Maybe Mason Rudolph Mason Rudolph is the answer the way they played last week. 
uh, probably not long term, but it should be interesting to see how the offense comes along in in Pittsburgh. But Jalen Warren as a talent is definitely a guy one on my on my roster. What do you think you could like? What, what's the price you're willing to pay for a guy like Jalen Warren? Uh, I think for me, he would probably have to be in a package of players because I don't think a second, like a 2024 second rookie pick gets it done at this point because I think enough people see this coming that Jalen Warren, I think he's got the upside to be an Austin Eckler light type of player. I'm not saying he's going to be Austin Eckler, but I think he's got the potential, especially with the targets. And that's why I warned everybody against Najee Harris because Najee Harris's rookie year, he's really, really good, led all of running backs and targets. Now Jalen Warren is now taking some of those targets away so that that limits very severely the upside of Najee Harris. And honestly, like all those metrics I laid out, I, I just think Jalen Warren, we have enough of a sample size now that he's the better running back out of the two. So uh, he's in that weird spot where I don't think I'd pay a first for him, but I think he's more valuable than a second. So if you if you threw maybe a second plus a prospect, like a nice prospect to go get Jalen Warren, um i would be maybe a second maybe two seconds i don't know what do you think of it like it's somewhere in there is where his value is and i think he's always going to have a role on this offense like i don't know why they draft a running back this running back class is not very good in 2024 i don't know why they would sign a free agent i think this pretty locked in running back situation for 2024 which is why i feel pretty confident in trading for him I would 100% agree uh, that I, I don't see how they draft a running. Like maybe they draft a guy in the sixth or seventh round, maybe a guy they just like. But you already got two running backs here. And Najee Harris, like he just kind of feels like a like an Ezekiel Elliott type role, maybe like toward the end in Dallas where he's going to get a couple carries. He's going to get like the, the tough yardage and he might be still be their goal line back. But Jalen Warren is kind of the getting the high value touches that we always talk about and getting the the the, the targets in the passing game, which is it's it does things for your fantasy team exponentially in in if you're in a ppr format so i like the jalen warren by quick question uh who would you rather have this guy flashed a little bit i just thought this at the top of my head jalen warren or jameson williams in a second oh probably jalen warren i know jameson williams has got the tantalizing upside and if you're in a ppr league then that's a whole different conversation. Like it honestly it kind of balances out because jalen warren catches so many passes too out of the running back position I think Jalen Warren probably has more receptions by a lot than Jamison Williams this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, for sure. So uh, I do like that Detroit offense going forward. Um, and and normally, like, I would value the wide receiver ahead of the running back just the way I like to build my teams and figure out the running backs later. But I would go. I would probably go Jalen Warren there just because I think he has a lot of upside still. I think there's still a lot of meat left on the bone uh, with him. What about you? Uh, I think I'd take... I see. I love Jameson Williams, but I think I'd, I still think I'd go uh, Jalen Warren just on that side. Like I, I, I've it's I've I've had my love affair with Jameson Williams. It's over. Except I, I was actually at the game uh, last week, Vikings Lions, and I just okay. remember the, the big thing I remember seeing was, oh my God, like Jameson Williams. He's on like the field. Like he's the he is the wide receiver too now. He's not just like in the like obvious passing situations like. They had him in a lot of the game. Like his snap share has gone exponentially up. So I think there might be something there. I hit the under on him in receiving yards. He hit it in like the the first half. So that didn't feel good. So maybe Jameson Williams. I don't think he's going to live up to the what was he the 16th pick in the draft or something like that. I don't think he's going to live up to that. Uh, in amongst those guys in that class, but I don't know. Maybe he could be like a sneaky like 
I don't know wide receiver three, maybe a better best ball play next year. But uh, outside of that, I think Jalen Warren's a guy. He's, he's still young. He's in the Steelers offense, which it may not be great right now, but I don't think it's I don't think it's good. It's going to get any worse than it was, especially in the beginning of the season. So I'll take Jalen Warren on that side. He's definitely a buy for me in Dynasty. So I'm we're in lockstep on that one. All right. So next player we're going to talk about is next Dynasty buy for me, Tajay Spears. Derrick Henry is scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent in 2024. And Spears is already eaten into Derrick Henry's workload. And again, like a lot of this evaluation to me is I'm looking at the 2024 class of running backs. And even if the Titans decide to draft the running back, let's say on day two, because I don't I don't know how they would draft one on day one. I think that would be an atrocious pick. I don't think there's a first round running back this year. Um, Spears is still going to have a role on this team. And if they don't bring in like, like, say they wait to day three, Spears could be a legitimate bell cow and i know he's got the same knee injury like that todd Gurley had but running back life spans especially for a a running back that was drafted in the third round don't typically aren't typically that long and we're seeing some juice from tajay spears um he's always number 11 in targets amongst running backs this season he's number 18 in true yards per carry number four in juke rate number five in breakaway run rate and like i said he's already eaten into derrick henry's opportunities so what do you think about Tajay Spears is that a good dynasty buy Tyler I'll, I'll try and disagree with you on some of these but I absolutely love the Tajay Spears one it's you you mentioned I think the biggest thing is he's kind of, he he's taking away like snaps from Derrick Henry something that no running back in Tennessee has really ever done to this extent he does he's doing it as a rookie they're trying to get this guy on the field like he's pretty much put Derrick Henry's like dynasty value out of business like he is the reason that Derrick Henry is having like this down year. And you, yeah, you can maybe like say it's the age and it's the wear and tear and he's just an older running back now. But I mean, is Derrick Henry like that, that much different than what he was last season? I don't think he's like just falling off a cliff or anything like that. I think the offense is worse, but Ty, like Tajay Spears is legit. He's, it's not just taking away. Like, it's not like he's just getting passing work. Like he, there have been like a ton of games this season where he has out snapped Derrick Henry. You don't do that by just getting, passing work so i really like tajay spears uh i think i actually have have him as a comp later in the in the show we'll talk about who which rookie running back coming in the 2024 class i have comped to tajay spears but uh i i think he's a, i think he's a great prop like just what we saw at tulane i think is what we're getting in the nfl so definitely not a bust i love tajay spears oh so yeah i like I said, he, and, and I don't think he's valued as highly as he should be because. Oh, for sure. Definitely not. Like just looking at where he is on keep trade cut and all that stuff. I know that's not everything, but uh, yeah. So I, I, I love Tajay Spears. This next one, I might be a glutton for punishment, but I'm going to go back to the Antonio Gibson. Well, <laughs> but, but I just, I just think Gibson has been on the bad side of this coaching staff. That's going to be gone in 2024. And he's an unrestricted free agent anyway. And the NFL is going to let us know what they think of Gibson. Uh, But I think this is a low risk, high reward swing. These are the kinds of swings I like to take on running back. Gibson somehow ranks number 16 in targets amongst running backs, despite playing on just 44.9% of the snaps. And honestly, I'm surprised to even play that much like that. I was, I was kind of shocked by that. Um, And in that, in the time that he's played, he's number six in yards per touch number two in yards created per touch, number 10 in juke rate, and not bad, number 26 in true yards per carry. So 
It's just like Washington to not feature one of their more efficient players in Antonio Gibson. So what do you think? Antonio Gibson, good dynasty buy, or should we give up on Antonio Gibson? I, I can't I can't get on board with you on this one. It's just yeah. there have been so many, so many years. How long we've we been spewing the Antonio Gibson propaganda? It's just been like he has the rookie year. He's great. He's like he just looks like uber efficient. Like he, the, he receiver to running back, and he just like had, it, he didn't even really. If you look back at the game log, he just had like a couple big games which inflated his stats. I think he had one against Dallas in his rookie year where like he had two touchdowns. I think there were two games against Dallas where he had like crazy games, and then he just he was like okay the rest of the time, and then he can't even be like even last year couldn't really beat out Brian Robinson who got shot in the leg, and he was <laughs> that's right. Forgot about that. And he still can't beat up Brian Robinson. It's just like Brian Robinson was the, the running back to own. I mean, he's been hurt uh, the past couple of weeks here. But for most of the season, Brian Robinson was the running back that you wanted in Washington. I'm, I'm just done on Antonio Gibson. I don't I don't care where he goes. Like, where does he go that vastly, like, changes his, his like, outlook? Like, yeah, maybe he goes to Kansas City or something like that. He becomes the mm-hmm. third down back or the, the, the explosive. And- Back there but I don't like Antonio Gibson's like his his when he came in the league and after the rookie year I feel like he's like that Tony Pollard type of player he's not going to be the guy where you get like where you give him like 20 carries a game he's never going to be that guy his only kind of saving grace possibly could be that Tony Pollard 2021 role where he's like getting the high value touches kind of like Tajay Spears but I don't think he's as good of a player as Tony Pollard was in 2021 or last year I'm like I'm going to exclude Tony Pollard from this year just because it has not been great for the boy. But I just – I can't see how Antonio Gibson gets there. He's been playing running back for what? This is his fourth year ever playing running back. So I can't get there with Gibson. I will not be I will not be burned again. Next year in uh, my best ball portfolio, you will see zero. You will see 0% lasted Antonio Gibson unless he goes to like the Chiefs. Then then, then I'm back in. Then you pull him yeah. for maybe like 3% exposure. But other than that – I don't, I don't think I can I can't I can't get hurt again. What the 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 definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's what it feels like we're doing with Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Theo agrees with you. Theo's in the chat, our head of content here. Uh it tells me to don't go chasing waterfalls, said. It's like, yeah, but it feels if I don't know. I just I I don't think he's gonna cost as much. And we have our producer Jay in the chat as well. Um ton of ton of good people we'll get to your comments uh later on in the episode as well but yeah the chiefs is all ultimately the landing spot that i think would be perfect for him uh being that jarek mckinnon plus a nice compliment to isaiah pacheco i think if that happens the chiefs effect takes over although the chiefs offense this year is not typically what we're used to so who knows if that would even save antonio gibson but i'm still on the antonio gibson train uh, the next player we're going to talk about, be interested to hear your perspective on this. And a lot of the theory behind these running backs is the fact that the, the 2024 class is not projected to be very good at all. I don't think there's going to be a first round running back in 2024. Definitely no Bijan, definitely no Jameer Gibbs in this class. But I think Devin Singletary, while he's not been super efficient and he's never really been in a super efficient player, he's never really been a guy that jumps off the page to you. Um, I And I think for that reason, some players are going to discount him. But what Devin Singles, Terry's been able to do down the stretch, specifically since week 10, has been really impressive. He's put up three top 10 
running back finishes since week 10. And there's a good chance the Texans add to their running back room. But once again, this is like I said, this isn't a deep running back class. And there's a good chance that Singletary is this team's lead back in 2024. And I want pieces of this Houston Texans offense. And I don't think Devin Singletary is going to like, I, I don't think Devin Singletary, I don't think it's a terrible, uh, I don't think he's a terrible player. He, plain and simple, he's been getting the job done. So what do you think? Devin Singletary, is this a good dynasty buy? Uh, I'm a little, I don't even know what to, to think about the Devin Singletary. Well, I think if he is the lead back in 2024, then yes, you buy Devin Singletary. The only problem is we don't know for sure that he's going to be. I think it's really impressive that he did he did jump Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce gets hurt, and then he didn't. His job was not waiting for him when he came back because it was Devin Singletary's. And I think you, you see some of the Buffalo stuff, and he was he was really good in Buffalo. I don't think they really use running backs right in Buffalo. Just ask James Cook before uh, before uh, Joe Brady took over as the OC. Like it just like running the ball like and establishing a running running game was just not in Buffalo's DNA under uh, Ken Dorsey. Like, it just wasn't. So I think we see Devin Singletary for what he is. He was never going to be like that that pass-catching type. He's a he's a give him the ball 20 times a game, and he's probably going to make something good happen. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Devin Singletary probably is a pretty good running back, and if he is the starter in 2024, I'm, I'm all the way in. The only problem is how – like, it's almost like Damian Pierce from last season. Like, I know he – they – they they kind of inherited Damian Pierce, but everyone was talking about like the draft capital doesn't matter. Like this guy, he's good at football, but then obviously it kind of did matter. So I, I just I feel like they might bring somebody in, like uh like they might draft somebody or bring somebody. Like there's a ton of free agent running backs uh this this upcoming uh free agent cycle. So I just it scares me to like go out and buy him now. Like maybe that's where you just kind of take a chance. Like it's not gonna cost much to get Devin Singletary, which is the good thing. So maybe if you can kind of just give him as like a throw in in a separate deal, like kind of like uh you ever see like in Django when he when he uh when like he's like you have you gotta to uh if you want to buy the horse you have to say you had to buy the farm first. So it's just one of those things where maybe you kind of Trojan horse it, you know, just be like maybe I want yeah I'm looking at a who's it who's a name I'm looking at Garrett Wilson on your roster and you make a deal and you're like oh just throw in Devin Singletary something like that or you don't don't let them know your true intentions because then they're gonna try and drive up the price so. I like Devin Singletary. I think he's a good player, but it's just the the job security is the thing that scares me. I think what you said is really, really astute. Like, I think targeting, having him on your radar, I think, because there's a real chance that he's the starting running back for the Texans in 2024, uh, just based on, like, yeah, they could go sign a free agent, I guess. That's probably the biggest threat to his job. Maybe they draft somebody. That's also a possibility. But I think getting him as a side piece in a deal where p- people aren't really focused or paying attention to Devin Singletary, if you're close in negotiation, eh, just, you know, he's not quite a throw in, but he's pretty close to a throw in type player in a bigger deal. Like if it, if it, like you said, if it involves Garrett Wilson or a player of that caliber, right. Where you're, you're making that trade. So I, I really, I, I think like I was not on the Devin single train at all. I was on team Damian Pierce that turned out to be wrong. I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong here. And what I've, what I've seen from him has been really impressive. So he's definitely on my radar as a running back that I'm looking to, to add. Now these next two players are more of by high players. Like they've done really well this year. So I'm interested to hear what you think. And the player that, 
the next player I want to talk about is James Cook. James Cook is the RB11 on the season. He's the RB14 in fantasy points per game through 15 weeks. Um, but there are just some – he's had a great season, but there's some players you just need to buy high on. Cook is 24 years old. It feels like Buffalo's figured out that, oh, my God, we should probably use James Cook. He has over 1,000 rushing yards, over 400 receiving yards, uh, despite being number 27 amongst running backs in snap share and number 20 amongst running backs in targets. And he's always going to have to fight the Josh Allen scramble. Like, Josh Allen's going to run around. He's not going to be a quarterback that's going to target his running backs a ton. But I really believe the Bills are starting to realize that they need to rely, like they need to rely on James Cook and the running game to fully unlock the offense. And I believe he's a top ten dynasty running back, easy. Um, and I don't know if we're all dynasty gamers are there yet with James Cook. So what do you think? Is James Cook a good dynasty buy? I don't see. Honestly, I don't see why he wouldn't be because you look at it's. I, I talked about this on uh on the the takeaway TikToks. Go check out the player profiler TikToks on. The TikTok platform. Basically, my premise was you need to start James Cook every single week because after Ken Dorsey was out of there and they put Joe Brady as the OC, like Joe Brady's like, oh, this James, this James Cook guy is pretty good. Maybe we should get him the ball. And that's exactly what they did. He had over, I think, 20 fantasy points PPR wise in I think it was three or four straight games directly after. Joe Brady became the offensive coordinator. I don't think that's a coincidence. This is also the same uh, same offensive coordinator. He was there with Joe Burrow at LSU and the Jamar Chase like that crazy year. Uh, he was there in Carolina. Joe Brady got uh, – it was a, the DJ Moore, Mike Davis, Curtis Samuel. All those guys had over 1,000 yards, and Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback. Like This guy, is he seems like a pretty good offensive play caller. So I'm willing to buy in on – on uh Joe Brady, I'm willing to buy in on Josh Allen. Like as long as James Cook is connected to Josh Allen, this doesn't feel like a like a like he's never. I don't think he's ever going to like again. He's not going to be the center of the offense ever while he's in Buffalo. But just all the high value target. It's like it's going back to the Tony Pollard role. This is what he's going to do. He's going to get the ball in space. They're going to scheme up plays for him and utilize his abilities in the in the receiving game. So I think if we can just see this kind of just take off from here, where it's a continued trend of James Cook getting him the ball, making a concerted effort to get him the ball, not uh, appeasing Stefan Diggs. And if he doesn't have five catches at before halftime, like he might get traded. Like I think they they're doing right by the team and right, doing right by the team is getting James Cook the ball because we've seen what he's been able to do since Joe Brady took over as the OC. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's one of the more electric players and uh, at the running back position in the NFL. I really do. I, I think there's like we talked with Jalen Warren, like there's more even more potential for growth in his usage. I feel the same way for James Cook. I think they've figured something out and I think it's really making a difference uh, on their offense. I think and I think as um, Josh Allen ages and, you know, doesn't want to take as many hits, they're going to rely. They should rely on that running game more and more and more in the screen game so josh allen doesn't have to move around as much as he's been running around this year but as much as that's great for fantasy like there's a reality to these situations too and i think that points to yeah james cook is going to be utilized more and more in that bill's offense the next player this might not be popular i'm probably gonna have to fight some people in the chat uh but i think kyron williams is a buy and i'll tell you why Cody Carpentier dropped this stat on me the other day when I was on his executive show, 
which by the way, if you're not subscribed to the executives on YouTube, you should be. So go do that right after this show, right after you're done watching this. He said that when the Rams have Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua on the field at the same time, they're averaging 6.6 yards per play. And that's the best in the NFL with those through when all of those guys are on the field, that's better than Miami, who was the best in that particular statistic um, in the NFL. So Kyron Williams, he's number nine in true yards per carry, number 12 in yards per touch, number eight in juke rate, number eight in evaded tackles. He's getting targeted out of the backfield. Again, this isn't a loaded 2024 rookie class. The Rams might bring somebody in, but I think they've really found somebody in Kyron Williams. And you look at his snap share, number one in the NFL. McVay trusts him. I don't know why they wouldn't make this guy their featured running back again in 2024 with the way the offense is cooking right now. You could say the Rams are one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in the NFL. What do you think? Is he a good is he a good buy? I want I want I so badly want to get there with Kyron. And I think you could honestly convince me because I, so I traded him in a dynasty league. I traded him straight up for Jackson Smith and Jigba right before he came back from his, his injury. And I felt like I, I just, fle- I I'd pulled off the fleece of the century. And then, and then he gets on the field and he puts up like 28 points. And I'm like, okay, it's one game. And then the next couple of games, he just, he does it again. hundred yards, hundred yards, 25 carries. Just, I, I I'm officially get, getting worried that I was the one who got fleece on that end of the trade. And it just it's kind of like it's like the Devin Singletary thing too, where if they draft somebody, if they bring somebody in, but man, just watching that Thursday night football game, like they really love this guy. It doesn't feel like a like a Jay Ajayi situation. It doesn't feel like a maybe like a Jordan Howard situation. Like he looks like the guy in Buffalo, and they like, yeah, I just go to the Eagles. We don't want you here anymore, kind of thing. So I, I like it. It feels too like it just feels like it's too good to be true. And maybe it's not. Maybe this like this is like Kyron Williams is just like the next mid-round running back who who like like an Aaron Jones type of type of situation where he is a mid-round he's a he's a day three pick but he sticks around and he's the the running back of the future for for the Rams like Aaron Jones was for the Packers so I I think I'm officially worried that I got fleece and I think that I think the likelihood that he is the guy next year is a lot more likely than him not being the guy so I I think I can get there with Kyron the only thing that scares me is you're gonna have to pay pay probably a first to acquire him or yeah. that range of, of kind of picks. So it's, it's mm-hmm. not going to be a, a Devin Singletary situation where maybe a, a third or a second gets that deal done. Like this is going to be a first and somebody honestly might even ask for more. So that's the yeah. only thing that scares me with Kyron. Yeah. I think if you're in a situation where you, and I, again, I wouldn't go filling positions. Like I, honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go filling running back positions until like really late in your off season process. Like, like maybe a week or two before the, maybe a month, like somewhere in there, like before your seat, the season starts, uh, because it, lots of different things can happen. I would just go after value. Um, but yeah, if it's looking like he is the starting running back for the Rams, if the Rams don't really add anybody, yeah, the price is only going to go up. So it's risky. It's risky buying him right now. But I think it's a calculated risk that could really pay off um, as we get closer to the start of the 2024 season. So that's why he's on this list. Um, and I don't think you got fleeced in that trade because I think JSN is also a good dynasty buy too. So I think he's going to have a more a more prominent. We're we're seeing J, JSN do some really good things um, as well. 
Um, but the next running back and the last running back on this list, and it might be obvious, but I, I also think Bijan Robinson is, uh, has been a victim of bad coaching and of rookie hype. I don't think he should have been a first round rookie pick or not a first, uh, not a first, he, <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> let me rephrase, let me rephrase that. He should not have been a first round, uh, redraft pick. Uh, he was getting drafted towards the back end of the, um, first round and re in redraft and in best ball. But he has done some good things despite the, the the questionable usage. He's the RB12 on the season. He's the RB19 in fantasy points per game. Uh, he's number three amongst running backs and targets. I don't see that number going down next season. Atlanta likely going to have a new coaching staff, likely going to have a new quarterback. All of that bodes well for Bijan Robinson and, frankly, all the members of this Atlanta offense. Kyle Pitt, I, I know people are sick of Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, I think, is a buy. I love uh, Drake London. If they somehow get Justin Fields or if they draft, um, if they can trade up and draft one of the Jaden Daniels or Drake May or so, whoever they like, I think their their quarterback situation is bad. Like, it, it really is bad. That that can be nothing but an upgrade. So I think there's so much room for, the, for not just Bijan, but these Atlanta uh, skill players that I know nobody wants to hear about, like especially Kyle Pitts. But I think Bijan Robinson's a buy. What do you think? He's a buy. He's he's always yeah. been a buy. He's going to continue to be a buy. You, the only the the good thing the only good thing that has came from this this season for Bijan Robinson is you you can get him at a discounted price right now. His price will may never be this low again. And I'm a I'm a diehard Falcons fan. I have watched every single piece of content the Falcons YouTube page has put out for the past I think three years. Every interview, every whatever. I'm a I'm a sicko for the Falcons football. And I will tell you that the only thing that worries me is that Arthur Smith may be back next year. For, <laughs> it, it came, it came oh, out. It was yeah. first. It was reported that he was going to be. He was. He was well. It's like some a reporter asked Arthur Blank about Arthur Smith's job, and normally Arthur Blank's like, like uh, he's usually this guy where like it's like, oh no, his job is safe. Like he's he's usually even if it's not safe. He'll still say that it is just to kind of keep appearances, whatever. But somebody asked him about it. This was before last week. He and he goes. He said something like, "Well, we'll evaluate it when it comes to the end of the season." Pretty much, like not. It's not. If you're Arthur Smith, that's not a good thing to hear. Like it's definitely not great. But then a report comes out. I think yesterday that it's like Arthur Smith will probably be back in, uh, in 2024. So it's like I don't even know what to believe. If they if they lose these next two games, Smith is out of there. Um, I think if. They split them. I think if they lose to the Saints, I think he's out of there. But it's – I don't know, man. It's – its I can't get – I've i tried to defend Arthur Smith, especially at the beginning of the season, but I cannot do it anymore. I want him gone. And its if he's gone, it's going to help. Because it's just like – it's every – it's almost like the 31 of the other NFL teams. They're like, you know what's a really good strategy is get our guys the ball. Let's get our guys the freaking ball. Maybe not – in uh in Las Vegas with Devontae Adams, but pretty much every other franchise, get our guys the ball. And Arthur Smith's like, no, I'm gonna get my guys the ball. And his guys are Tyler Algier, Janu Smith, and like Parker Hesse, like the third string tight end. So I it, it scares me. As long as Arthur Smith is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Bijan Robinson will not be a top five running back. And I and I truly believe that in my heart of hearts because he's not he's gonna give Tyler Algier the ball at the one he's going to give uh like Tyler Algier also like 15 carries because he mm -hmm. doesn't believe in he he doesn't think B. John Robinson is Derrick Henry and not a lot of people are Derrick Henry but it's just 
Uh, it's it's it all comes down to Arthur Smith for me, but I don't I actually just don't think Smith is a good coach. So he's going to be gone sooner rather than later. If it's not if it's not this year and it's next year, and even if Smith is back, the the quarterback play is going to be significantly better. They could bring in I don't even know I don't even know who they could bring in, but they're probably going to be better than Ritter and Heineke and and whatever. So uh, I I think Bijan <laughs> that's all they all goes to say Bijan Robinson is still a buy. I think you can get him for like. Uh, you think, I think you might be able to pull off Bijan Robinson for like the 103 or the 104 in a in a startup now. Maybe, oh. maybe, but oh, can, in a startup, in a start, in a startup, or yeah, maybe not in the rookie draft. Depends who depends. Uh, but it just like feels like I'm in so I'm in I'm in really casual leagues. Maybe not like sharp leagues. Like I'm just leagues with my friends. But if you're in like dynasty leagues with your friends, like everybody, all everyone talks about is how much Bijan Robinson is getting treated like this. So I don't think someone would go out like and. And give them. I think they, they. Some people might be more willing to cut bait with them than than you realize in more casual leagues. I'm not in a lot of like competitive leagues. In casual leagues, if you're just with your high school buddies or college buddies, I think it's a lot more likely that uh, they're just going to be like, oh, Bijan. They all all they hear is Bijan Robinson, Arthur Smith. It, it's no bueno. So I, I still think he's a buy, but yeah, that's kind of where I stand on the topic. Yeah, and and you're like in dynasty you're like you're in competitive best ball like you're all yeah competitive all up in best i'm more ball. in dynasty yeah. like, like in dynasty like what you're talking about tyler like i don't i don't want that to get misconstrued because i can see somebody in the chat right now like oh he only plays with his friends and non-competitive leagues <laughs> no tyler's a very competitive like plays in a ton of best ball leagues a ton of redraft like you're a very very uh top-notch uh fantasy player just in dynasty you're just in more casual so um i just want to clarify that so we'll go through these last uh, these wide receivers a little bit quicker. We already talked about Drake London; he's on my list too. Um, but another another wide receiver on my list uh, is it's kind of it's kind of risky, but I kind of like it. He's due to be a re- unrestricted free agent in 2024. He's just 26 years old. He's got speed to burn. Uh, Marquise Brown uh, for the for Arizona, and I know a lot of people think, oh, Arizona's going to have some cap space. Uh, they trade a first round pick for him, but that was the old regime. That wasn't, that was uh, Steve Kime. That wasn't the Monty Austin Fort era. And if you just go by expected fantasy points, uh, Brown should have been the wide receiver 19 in fantasy points per game. And currently he ranks as the wide receiver 41 uh, overall and the wide receiver 50 in fantasy points per game. So what do you think? Buy, good buy or, or not a good buy? Oh, I'm definitely I'm back. I've always been on a Marquise Brown. He was like one of my my flag plant players in the in the preseason because when you look at the there was a stretch of games last season with Kyler Murray where he was like the the wide receiver nine through I think six or seven games before he had like a like an eight week injury or something like that and like he like he flashed immense talent like the other guys in that in like in that category of like. It was a long sample size. It was guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. Like he was in elite, elite company. And just for some reason, this season it hasn't really came to fruition. I think that's uh, a product of a different play caller, different coaching staff. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was kind of like the it's it's it kind of ran like a collegey offense where it was it, it was it, it was good when you had the talent, but when you have to like actually scheme up something, maybe not as great. So I think Marquise Brown can be like still a guy on a different team. I don't know if uh, Arizona is the best place for him. I think uh, a team that can utilize him, right. Kind of use it more as like a, like a really good field stretcher. Kind of like how we saw in, in, uh, in Baltimore where he wasn't like this 
10 targets a game guy. He was like six, seven targets a game, but like they're all going to, he's going to have a lot of air yards on his resume. I think that's more of his role where it's like a, I think he could be like a better version, like a, hopefully a more reliable version of like a Gabe Davis, like somebody who booms, but maybe not, he's not going to be consistent, but he's going to give you some, some big boom weeks. I don't think Marquise Brown would go like zero catches. Uh, I don't think Marquise Brown would go zero catches like every other game uh, in the Bills offense like Gabe Davis would. But I think Marquise, he still has elite speed. You mentioned it. And yeah, just on a different team, I could see him doing something really great. And again, it's not going to take a lot to get Marquise Brown. You could probably, you might be able to get Marquise Brown for like a mid second. I think that, that, I think you nailed it. I think that's the price. And at that price, I'm, I'm willing to pay it, especially if he's an unrestricted free agent. And there's this team in Kansas City that needs a burner yep, like Marquise Brown. That's a good call there, Jay. I like that a lot. All right. So this next one, people are going to – so I wrote I wrote this article. Like these are taken from the article I wrote, which you can go check out on playerprofiler.com. This was published, published last week. And this player had a blow-up week. Of course, I say go by him. He has a blow-up week the next week. Uh, George Pickens. George Pickens – Let's face it, the Steelers' offense has not been very good, but this receiver, he's yet to turn 23 years old. He should have, just according to the numbers, like he was number 14 in deep targets, number 23 in air yards, number 20 in unrealized air yards. He's good after the catch, number 28 in yards after the catch amongst wide receivers. Uh, his expected fantasy points per game metric should have put him at 13.7 fantasy points per game. And this season, he's averaging 10.9 fantasy points per game. And he's the wide receiver 45 in that category. So what do you think? George Pickens, probably not as cheap now as he was before the big game, right? With, with Mason Rudolph, but is George Pickens a good dynasty buy? I think he is. And again, I'm, I'm trying to disagree with you, but like, yeah. I kind of, I'm kind of in on George Pickens because everyone, you know, that the attitude concerns are there, but like, we knew this coming in, like in the draft, it was like George Pickens, great frame, great talent. But he's he may not be the best teammate or like so like we knew this like this wasn't this wasn't some big secret like this we knew this coming in when he came into the NFL and I just think as long as you keep it's kind of like Stefan Diggs just keep him happy and he's gonna he's gonna perform for you maybe Pittsburgh isn't the best place for him he's probably gonna be there for a while but like like I said the play calling from Matt Canada the QB play from Pickett like it cannot get any worse for these Steelers players like the Jalen Warren we talked about earlier and George Pickett's like it cannot get any worse and like Deontay Johnson he's not getting any younger he's uh I mean he's like kind of in like that mid he's what I think he's like mid mid to late 20s kind of thing with more later 20s I think Deontay Johnson is and but like George Pickens is their best he's their best weapon in in Pittsburgh I don't think that's really much of a debate and they just need to get him the ball if they give him the ball good things are going to happen we saw Mason Rudolph he got on the ball actually Mason Rudolph's the only quarterback, Steelers quarterback that uh, he follows on Twitter, on Instagram now. He unfollowed uh, Pickett. He had his time. He unfollowed Mitchell Trubisky. He had his shot. Now it's Mason Rudolph is the only Steelers quarterback that George Pickens follows on Instagram. So I don't know. I don't know if, if that says anything, All but right. the Steelers got to figure something out of quarterback. Maybe Russell Wilson could be uh, headed. That just feels like such a Steelers, a Steelers play as they just go out and they sign Russell Wilson for like, I don't know, 20 a year something like that after he gets cut in March. Oh my God. Breaking news. If you didn't know that somehow they wanted Russ to sit because of the contract and that, that got apparently so according, not according to me, according to Diane Rossini, yeah. um, that got heated. And now Russell Wilson, it looks like he's going to be cut in March after they just traded 
for him like what a few like a few years ago uh crazy crazy stuff but yeah i i I think the steelers i think it's time to move on from kenny pickett i do um as i had high hopes for kenny pickett uh looked like he was really showed some moxie towards the end of 2022 but you know 2023 has not been very good at all so i think they do upgrade their quarterback situation um somehow whether that's in free agency or the draft who knows what's going to happen but uh that for that reason i like george pickens um this one might not be conventional in the sense but again another player that had a big blow up game uh after i wrote about him terry mclaurin like terry mclaurin's older so he's probably not going to cost you as much um but he had a sensational week 15 performance with jacoby Brissett in there but I think he's another receiver worth buying. He ranks as the wide receiver 30, wide receiver 36 in fantasy points per game. That's probably a little bit higher now. Uh, He ranked number 14 in unrealized air yards, number 17 in targets. Uh, But he had one of the worst catchable target rates amongst wide receivers. He was number 76 in that category of catchable target rate from his quarterback. And my guess is that the commanders are going to be this team that's probably going to move on from Sam Howell. They're going to look for free agency. This could be another landing spot for Russell Wilson, and that would be good for McLaurin, I think. Uh, So what do you think? Terry McLaurin, also, he should have been a lot better in expected fantasy points per game, according to all the metrics I just mentioned. So do you think Terry McLaurin's a good dynasty buy? It's the same year. It's the same problem for Terry McLaurin. He just cannot seem to to just do it consistently it's it's not it's probably not most of it's not his fault it's the quarterback play but even when like Sam Howell remember when Sam Howell like led the league in passing yards or he was like top three passing like all these passing stats even then Terry McLaurin like wasn't he wasn't lighting the world on fire like you think he would which kind of surprised me because it was one of the one of the TikToks I made in the middle of the season where he like Sam Howell's having good performances but Terry McLaurin for the most part still nowhere to be found so it was. It's kind of a curious case of maybe like I, I can't even explain. Like Curtis Curtis Samuel's like kind of a guy where it's like, oh, maybe Curtis Samuel's like the number one wide receiver in Washington, which like it's probably not true overall. But like it felt like that way for a couple of weeks there. It's just it's kind of like it's like a, same team. Antonio Gibson. We we keep waiting for it year after year, and it just never comes. And I'm not even necessarily necessarily saying that you're wrong that he's not a buy. I just don't know if I personally could get hurt by Terry McLaurin again, because it's, it's this, it's the same story. And even if how doesn't appear to be the guy, I mean, they just benched him for sets, obviously not going to be the guy. And the, the, the two touchdowns that he got last week were like late game, like gar- total garbage time touchdowns. They actually almost, uh, I think they almost ended up like coming back, I guess, but it just felt like they were just, they were just chucking stuff up and uh, McLaurin was coming down with it, which is why, which is why we get just teased by the talent. But I don't know. I just, even if they do get another quarterback, like they're going to have a pretty good draft pick, uh, it seemingly. And but you just even with the rookie quarterbacks, you just never know. Zach Wilson, second quarterback overall drafted, sucks. Uh, yeah. S- yeah. Same thing. Like uh, you could say Trey Lance, same thing. Even like uh, Justin Fields. No offense, did not that good. Not whatever. But uh, I don't know. I just I I don't know if bringing in a rookie quarterback is just going to drastically change the outlook for McLaurin. Maybe Eric Bieniemy just believes in spreading the ball around and he just doesn't feel like Terry McLaurin's like that alpha wide receiver, even though we kind of, we kind of wanted him to be, we kind of put that title on him before he was really ready for it. But I don't know. I, I, I'm more of a hold situation with McLaurin. I don't, I'm not saying he, you can't absolutely buy him, but I don't think I could, I could do it personally right now. Fair. That's totally fair. 
This one I think is a layup personally. I think it's a lot like the Bijan Robinson conversation. Um, Garrett Wilson, he's yet to turn 24 years old. He's had a very similar issue to Terry McLaurin in that he's never really had consistent good quarterback play. He was supposed to have it this year, um, but he ranks top five in a ton of metrics that we care really much about. Number five in air yards, number five in targets, number five in deep targets, number three in unrealized air yards. And again, a catchable target rate from the quarterbacks. He's number 66 in that category amongst wide receivers. 67.2% catchable target rate is no bueno. Um, And he should have been a lot better. He has one of the most discrepancies that I've found in his expected fantasy points per game. He should have been the number five receiver overall in fantasy expected fantasy points per game. He should have scored over 20 fantasy points per game. And instead, he 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 he's ranking as 13 fantasy points per game. He scored 13 fantasy points per game on the season instead of that 21.3 mark. Um, the Jets are likely going to have Aaron Rodgers in 2024. I'm guessing. I think I I think he's probably going to be valued right about where he was last year. But I still think he's a buy. What do you think? We were we were absolutely robbed of the of the like you said the top five wide receiver like season from Garrett Wilson when Aaron Rodgers goes down. We were robbed of it. It's not fair, but that's why next year it's it's just going to feel that much better because it's it's going to come next year. We are going to see the the Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers type relationship with Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers when he comes back. Aaron Rodgers is going to play football again. And when he does, it's going to be fantastic for Brees Hall. It's going to be fantastic for Garrett Wilson. I truly believe that. Garrett Wilson, is this he is he may be one of like the top five most talented receivers in the league, but no one knows it because he's got Will, Zach Wilson and Trevor Simeon thrown in the ball. Why the Jets didn't bring Joe Flacco back in, we will never know. They probably we, we may have seen Aaron Rodgers this season if they brought Joe Flacco back in. Like they had this guy in house, they they've seen what he did, and he was pretty good for them the like the last the first three weeks of the season last year when he played. I don't know why they didn't, I don't know why they didn't bring him back in because he knows the offense like. Whatever, that's a, that's a completely different story. But I'm I am a hundred percent with you on Garrett Wilson. I don't see how he doesn't have it. Like the floor feels like a top. Like if he doesn't finish as a, as a top twelve fantasy wide receiver, I will be shocked. I will be I will come back on this show and I, I'll do some sort of punishment. Like I'm willing to put my name and a punishment on the line if he does not come come back and score a top twelve wide receiver in average points per game. I will do something. I don't know what it is. Maybe we can put a poll on Twitter. But I am so in on Garrett Wilson next year. I've I've never been so in. And he he just he reels me back in. So give me all the Garrett Wilson I can I can handle. I think I have him on. Uh, I'm in a lot of dynasty leagues. I think I have him in over half. So give me Garrett Wilson. He is the guy. Yeah, it's one of those cases where I think I was wrong, even though I was right, because I was kind of anti Garrett Wilson before the year started. Because I was I didn't think that Aaron Rodgers, and we still don't know what Aaron Rodgers. Um, is going to do. I, I I think people were just going overboard with Garrett Wilson, but now it's come down a little bit. His values come down too much to where he's not, you know, I he's fallen like in the mid second round in Superflex uh, rankings according to Keep Trade Cut, and I think that's too low. Um, so that's that's where I'm at on Garrett Wilson. I do think like anything has to be better than the quarterback play of Tim Boyle and of Zach Wilson this year. So Aaron Rodgers, if he can step in and be like 
I think he'll be a hundred percent better than that. So I, I I'm I'm with you there. Um, so these next few, we'll just go rapid fire. Uh, we have four more. I have four more players on the list. Uh, Elijah Moore, I have as a buy. Um, he's he's young. He's in, with the Browns. It, a lot depends on Deshaun Watson. But what do you think of Elijah Moore? Uh, I don't really care about Elijah Moore that much. I don't think he's going to move the needle for for you in Dynasty. Like it, it's cool that he's kind of doing stuff with Joe Flacco now, but Joe Flacco's not the answer there. It's going to be they, it's got to be Deshaun Watson. They gave him all the, the, the unlike Russell Wilson, like. Deshaun, he's stuck there. He, you know, I'm a fully guaranteed contract, largest largest contract ever. So Deshaun is stuck there, and I don't think uh, it just it, it wasn't right with Elijah and and Deshaun. Like it just wasn't there. So I'm not I'm not really sold on Elijah anymore. I get that he kind of flashed the Jets. He's flashed with Flacco a little bit, but I, I can't get there right now. All right, uh, fair. Uh, Jacoby Myers. I don't know how this is possible, but he is currently the wide receiver 26, wide receiver 25 in fantasy points per game um keep trade cut ranks him as the wide receiver 46 overall and the number 130 30th player overall 130 overall and i think he's going to be a member of this raiders passing attack for at least the next couple years and i think he's a really good player and i think he's a, a solid wide receiver three depth piece to have on your contending dynasty team what say you 100 agreed jacoby myers he do- I, like he could be the wide receiver one for the Raiders next year. Devontae Adams could get traded. Like I, I don't see Devontae Adams sticking around. It doesn't seem like he wants to be there all that much, especially now that he's not getting the ball. Like why would Devontae Adams want to stay? I don't think he's he wants to be part of a rebuild at all. I think the Raiders can get something for him as well. I don't see why they wouldn't. So definitely in on Jacoby Myers again. Like you, like you said, you, you can get him for dirt cheap. Like he's not going to cost you anything. So go get go get a little Jacoby Myers in your life. So I've got a quarterback and a tight end to round out this to round out what what is 16 players, not 15, like it says in the show title. But at quarterback and I, I try to pick a guy like, oh, go go buy Patrick Mahomes. Like, I'm not going to say that. Give that advice because Patrick Mahomes is still even though he's having a bad year, he's still, you know, probably at least three 20 rookie first round picks minimum to get him plus some extra. But Baker Mayfield. I think has a real future with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as crazy as that sounds as crazy as that sounded before the year started. He is the quarterback 11 in fantasy this season quarterback 15 in fantasy points per game. Uh, He's put up seven top 12 quarterback weeks. He ranks number eight in pass attempts, number three in deep ball attempts, number two in air yards and number nine in money throws amongst quarterbacks. And it really feels like he has, if it's not with the Buccaneers, it feels like, Baker Mayfield has a Kirk Cousins like role in this league. Yeah, he's not a top echelon quarterback, but if he's your quarterback two, quarterback three on your Superflex dynasty team, that is exactly the perfect spot for him. What say you? Baker, like he's the Geno Smith of this year, right? Like he has to be. They everyone wrote him off. He's he goes to he can't get it done in Cleveland, goes to Carolina, can't get it done there. He's with the Rams, doesn't look great. And then the like the I think the thought from the Buccaneers is like, all right, we want to be bad. We're going to be bad next year. Let's just get a quarterback kind of just he's a veteran. Like we'll pay him nothing and we'll be bad and we'll get Caleb Williams. Like before the season started, it was like Caleb Williams to the Bucks propaganda. And now the the Bucks are probably going to get in the playoffs, maybe not with a great record, but they're still probably going to get in the playoffs. And it's Baker Mayfield season all over again. It's it's everything you loved in Cleveland in his rookie year, maybe his second year in the league. He's got 
elite weapons and Evans, who I think is a free agent after this year. So we'll see. We'll have to see what he does there. Um, Chris Godwin is still going to be there. Trey Palmer doesn't look like a bad player either. Uh, so I don't, I, I feel like he, he's got to be a buy because if, if he just has a job next year and he's got good weapons around him, whether it's in with the Buccaneers or maybe, I don't know, maybe he goes to Atlanta. I could see Baker Mayfield maybe lighting it up in Atlanta, you know? Like, I, it just feels like one of those things where if he, maybe if he just has weapons around him, like he just can't carry a team. He couldn't carry it in Carolina. He couldn't carry it with the Browns. They didn't have anybody good. Um, Rams, no Cooper Cup. They had nobody good there too. Maybe he just needs a good team around him and he can be good. Like, same thing at Oklahoma. A lot of talent there in Oklahoma. Like maybe he just he just needs the pieces to 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 fit in. But if if Baker Mayfield is either a playing for the Bucks or he's playing for another good team that has some weapons around him, I think he could he he belongs in this league. It looks like so. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's a buy. All right. So and I'll give everybody a tight end for the last one. Um, and I know 2023 has been super inconsistent for this player, but he had a really really good rookie season. I think he was the top twelve a top twelve tight end his rookie year. And we're going back to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Pat Fryer move. Um, in 2022, he was number five in targets, number four in air yards, number nine in yards after the catch amongst tight ends, number four in unrealized air yards. And again, it a lot depends on what the quarterback situation is going to be. I think they're probably going to look to move on or improve that position. I, I don't think really they have a choice. Um, but even this season, Fryer move put up a tight end one week in a tight end eight overall week, and he's just 25 years old, and it feels like nobody's talking about him as a potential top 12 tight end. Trey, Trey McBride has just soared up the rankings. I think he's tight end three according to Keep Trade Cut. Nobody's talking about Pat Fryermuth because of the season that he's had in the offense that he's in, even though he's put up a tight end one, one overall week. So what do you think? I don't know with Pat, man. It's like great rookie season, but that was with Big Ben. So it's kind of like Big Ben inflated everyone's stats, Najee Harris especially. So I don't really, I don't think he's ever, I don't think he's like that rookie year type of guy. But like you said, tight end one week, tight end eight week. But it's just, I think if you just accept Pat Frymuth for what he is, he's a spike week player. He's a player that's, he's not going to be, give you, I don't think he's going to give you five catches for, 60 yards every week that just doesn't feel like like what he is it just feels like he's just gonna have these big boom weeks like in his rookie year was the touchdowns insane amount of touchdowns and that's kind of like he's like oh like in the red zone like pat's our guy but i don't know like i just don't it doesn't feel like like there's a lot of young tight ends right now so i think that in terms of the price of what you could get for pat fryman like he's kind of like going under the radar because like everyone's talking about laporta mcbride dalton kincaid and just all those type of players. So I think Pat Frymuth is flying under the radar. You could like, what's a what's a price you'd be okay buying Pat Frymuth for? Oh, I think you could get him for a second round rookie pick. I really yeah, do. Like even too. in a tight end premium league, because I think the shines off. And those are some of my favorite players to buy to take the risk in acquiring. You yeah. know, and I think Pat Frymuth falls in that category. Um, maybe you might need to throw in a third. Like I think a second and a third. Uh, gets it done I do I especially as you get close to your rookie closer to your rookie draft and you know this this isn't a super deep tight end class either I mean you have Bowers and you have uh, I can't remember the kid from Texas's name but he's up there um, those you have those two tight ends in this class maybe somebody's targeting uh, that that kid from Texas in the second round I don't like like things can happen like you can make these moves I, I I'm telling you like so I think I think it's possible that you know, a second and a third could get it done potentially. Oh, 100% agree. 
So we want to answer some of your questions in the later part of the show here, but that are that's our 16 buys. We had a good discussion there. We're going to give you an informative segment from the Podfather. Underdog season is wrapping up. I know Tyler and I got some teams still alive, so hopefully you do too. But here's a message from the Podfather and Underdog. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you can 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 you can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Well, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode, so we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than, Madison, less than, but also Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. All right, we are back on the Dynasty Roundtable. Uh, we're going to get to the 2024 rookie discussion here in a minute, but I do want to talk about the Dynasty War Zone, one of my favorite shows, Memphis Young, Jerry Sinclair. You have to check it out. Thursdays, 5 p.m. Be, be alert, too, for changes in programming because we are shifting here at uh, Player Profiler from the regular season to the off season. So that's going to change some things, some shows are, are going to, you know, there some shows there's no point in doing them because they were regular season shows anymore. And there's going to be some new shows coming out and some times, like the times are going to change. So just be alert. Some changes are coming. But the Dynasty Warzone for now is 5 p.m. Central Time Thursday. So tomorrow you got to go check that out. Memphis and Jerry are some of the top Dynasty minds in the business. And I, I love talking to them, Dynasty. So we got some questions in the chat want to hit these real quick uh would you rather buy warren at his price or roshan johnson that's another good one yeah i think it's got it's got to be i'm going with the production what we've seen i think we're i gotta go jalen warren just chicago it's so many guys there uh maybe not the best offense we don't know what it's gonna look like next season maybe caleb williams is good but a little uh i feel like the last like month of the college season was kind of like maybe caleb williams like isn't Mahomes. like like i think i think the people who had a like a brain are like Let's not compare him to Mahomes. He's played it down in the NFL, but it's just like one of those things where I don't know. It's it almost like becomes uh, he is Mahomes, he is Mahomes, he is Mahomes. Oh, he's not in the college football playoff. Caleb Williams sucks. So um, to get bring back to Chicago, uh, I think I, let's go, let's I go Jalen Warren there. I go Jalen Warren too. I won't get into the whole Bears quarterback debate because there's I mean there's a real chance Carolina's playing a lot better. It's a real chance the Bears don't have the number one overall pick. Don't want to jinx yourself. 
well, yeah, that there's that. And I don't know, like uh, I would draft Caleb Williams personally. I I would reset the clock because you can't like the financials are going to come into this and it all depends on what the coach, what they're going to do with the coach. And I'm sure that the new coach is going to have input. Anyway, it's a whole show for another time, but it is a huge, massive debate in bears land right now. Justin Fields, we keep Justin Fields or do we draft Caleb Williams? Like, and again, we don't have the number one pick locked down yet. So let's not count our chickens before we, before we get there. Um, Maddie Goner, hopefully I'm Gooner Goner. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, he said, let's talk Kendra Miller, Miller, Alvin gets moved. Most likely. What do you think? Where are you, where are you at on Kendra Miller these days? Oh my God. I loved Kendra Miller. He's one of my most drafted players in best ball this season. Not working out great for the, for, for the, uh, that huge bag I was holding, but, uh, just like, I think it's a little concerning that he hasn't even like taken over Jamal Williams spot. Who is what has Jamal Williams scored a touchdown this year? I like I, I think I might have to go back and check. He might have one, but I don't. I can never recall Jamal Williams doing anything of merit in like this season, other than like maybe pass blocking for the for Derek Carr, who's terrible, terrible quarterback. Played Russell Wilson in New Orleans, little roll switch between him and Sean Payton. Not that's neither here nor there. All I'm saying, I loved Kenji Miller coming out. There's still hope for him, but if you can't give up, like don't trade anything more than like a mid third. For Kendra Miller, because I it's just it, we haven't seen anything from him in the league yet. So yeah, he has not played since week nine. Yeah, not great. I don't have any stats for him, and he hasn't he hasn't really gotten much opportunities. In week five, he got twelve carries, and he was the RB sixteen on the week. So we did see that flash. He had four targets, four receptions, but again, uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be on the Saints next year. He is uh, he has a twenty nine million dollar cap hit next season, so I doubt they cut him. Um, or no, no, no. I he no, he's beyond. He's a there's a potential out. I seventeen million dollars in cat dead cap if they cut him. Um, and he has an eighteen million. But he signed through twenty twenty five. But here's he's not the like, thing. I guess they could get out of it, but I don't know, man. The Saints are like you'd have to fact check the number, but they are like. The they are in debt after this season. Oh like, yeah, it's like a yeah. hundred, like over a hundred million dollars. I'm pretty sure they are over the cap. Like they are, like they have to cut. They have to eat a lot of money next year, regardless. So it's just whether or not who they want to keep around. I could definitely see them moving on at a position that the NFL absolutely hates at a running back. So I think Kamara is definitely a cut candidate. Just um, just in turn, or maybe maybe they trade him instead to just because like he's still playing good football right now. At least get something for him. I don't think you're gonna get anything for like maybe some of the other older guys that they would have to cut. So they're going to have to – their rosters look entirely different next year. They're not going to have any money to sign anybody. So maybe like – maybe this is – like if Kamara is gone, like I said, they don't have – they're not going to have the money to sign anybody. They already paid Jamal Williams. They're not going to sign anybody in free agency at the running back position, I don't think. The only worry is that you would – they would draft a running back, but they already drafted a running back in the third round with Kendra Miller. So it doesn't feel like they're going to draft one either. So if Kamara is gone, Kendra Miller has – the, the the opportunity should be there for him to snatch that role from Jamal Williams. If he can't snatch it from Jamal Williams, then it was never meant to be. But I like the odds that he could do it if Kamara uh, is moved. This Cam- Alvin Kamara contract is bonkers, dude. Uh, they they signed him in tw- not to get too off topic with this. They signed him in twenty twenty to a five year seventy five million dollar deal. 
with 33 million guaranteed for a running back. They signed everybody, man. They, they oh my they god, signed everybody. Like, that's a horrible contract. Like I, Alvin Kamara, I love you. I'm happy you got paid. Yeah, but damn, that's that's a lot of money to be paying a running back. So I don't know if they if they want to trade him. It's still a 17 million dollar cap dead cap hit. So yeah, but at least you get something in return. For yeah, than cutting him exactly, exactly. Um, T Higgins, where do you, what do you think? is going to happen with T Higgins. I mean, all the buzz, all the buzz is him to Carolina. Like that's all everyone's been talking about. Like uh, the owner wants like where to get a receiver in here, all this stuff. And it's good for Bryce Young, good for T Higgins. If he does go there, um, like I think the most money is going to be in Carolina for him, but does he really want to go to Carolina is a whole, a completely different question. Like what if the chiefs go get T Higgins? Like, I don't know how much, I don't think the chiefs cap situation is all that great, but maybe they can make some moves. I don't know who they got. If maybe they let, uh, uh Derek Jones go just yeah just replace him with T Higgins get the money over there or Chris Jones not Derek Jones. Chris Jones yeah Chris Jones, yeah but. oh man I would love to see him in a Bears uniform with uh but Chris Jones like I don't think there's any way you could let Chris Jones go like you got to figure out how to keep him they, they barely because he's on a one-year deal this year right because they because he uh yeah. they wouldn't they wouldn't sign him to a long-term deal so maybe that maybe that deal just never gets done and they spend that money on T Higgins possibly Possibly. Well, thank you for your questions. We're going to talk briefly now about the 2024 rookie class to end the show. Um, So the first question I have for you, Tyler, is with the college football season coming to a close, we're in bowl season now. Is the 2024 class still what we hyped it up to be? And I know a lot still depends on if some of these guys still officially like put their name in the NFL draft hat, right? Like, I, I don't think Marvin Harrison has yet. Um, I could be wrong That's about that. One. That's the really scary one where it's like, yeah. please let him declare. <laughs> I know. As a Bears fan, I want Marvin Harrison on the Bears so bad. Uh, but what do you think? Like, I, I guess a lot is still hanging in the balance. But I, I do think uh, these guys are going to declare. I think Caleb Williams is going to be in the draft, and so will Marvin Harrison. I think a lot of this is going to shake out the way we think it, it ultimately was going to. Uh, so if that happens, what do you think of this class? I really like the class um, just from what it, we kind of hyped it up to be. Most of it has stayed true. Like I remember in 2022, everyone was hyping up the 23 draft class. And then the 22 draft class in terms of like top tier talent seemed to be better than last year. So it's one of those things where you think it's a bad class and it ends up being really good. Like we just simply don't know until these players play. But it, in terms of if we do get all the big names in it, I really love it because it's a complete opposite in terms of like the way I like to play dynasty. It's the exact same way you'd like to play dynasty build around the receivers running back is the last thing that you need. So if you are uh, a struggling team in dynasty, you have one of these top picks. This draft is littered with the building blocks that you like you should be playing in dynasty. It's littered with a bunch of quarterbacks, a bunch of receivers. And the receivers are a lot different from the 23 class where the 23 class of receivers was a bunch of, like it was like a bunch of slot small guys who are really good at football this class is filled with a lot of guys who are really good at football but there's a lot of x receivers a lot like higher upside players like marvin harrison like keon coleman who a lot of people love like uh malik neighbors who a ton of people love malik neighbors so it's a completely different class in terms of like the just the physical stature of the receivers in this class, which I think is it's a it's a nice change of pace from like the Tank Dells, the Josh Downs, the JSNs, the the Zay Flowers, like guys who are good at football, but they're they can't command targets the same way that like uh like a Marvin Harrison or Keon Coleman maybe I know he's a very controversial 
prospect, but overall love the class. The quarterbacks are great. You got great tight ends with Brock Bowers. The receivers are great. It's just the running backs where it's a little spotty. We're probably not going to get a first round running back in the real NFL draft. So that's kind of where it's like, if you absolutely love running backs, you love building around them. Uh, it's not, it's not, there's no Bijan. There's no Jameer Gibbs. There's none of those players in this class, but um, one of my, my guys we'll get to later is a, uh, I think might surprise some people and you actually have them on your list as well. So I'm excited. To oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't plan that. We didn't plan that. Anthony says we had, there's a bunch of slotty Pippins last slotty year. Bringing back baby. your, your, uh, your Anthony. phrase. Shout out to Anthony in the chat. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said and I'm very early in the process um, of my evaluation of the 2024 class. Um, I looked at a lot of the 2022. I have to get to dig into 2023 film. I love the wide receivers. It's hard not to with Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, Emeka Egbuka at the top for me. Um, at quarterback, I know everybody loves the quarterback um, position this year, and I think there's a lot of talent. Uh, but Caleb Williams is far and away, the, I think, the best quarterback in this class. If he decides to come out, I think he will. I think he's going to be the number one pick. If not in Chicago, I think somebody trades up to that pick to take Caleb Williams. But I have my question marks about Drake May. I think Jaden Daniels holds onto the ball a long time. It really reminds me of Justin Fields, to be honest with you. Um, just kind of a different build of a player. Super talented. I'm not like Jaden Daniels could definitely come into the league and just light it up. But he holds onto the ball a long time. Super mobile. Looks to take off um a little bit too much for my taste and i don't know if that's going to work in the nfl as well as it does in college rb is weak um with braylon allen probably being the first running back taken although i i don't really love the 240 pound build to be honest with you i'm I'm not in love with uh braylon allen i know he's really really young a uh, ton of potential though um and then brock bowers i think is phenomenal like that as, as the top tight end of this class he's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft and jatavian sanders is the other guy that i really like from texas um who i think is going to be really good too and i think he's going to be the tight end too in this class um but outside of that i think tight end is very top heavy very very good at the top um but then once you get past that it's not very deep but wide receiver is very deep quarterback could be really good um, and then, you know, running back is, is weaker and top tight end is top heavy. So who is your, my guy of the 24 class, uh, tight, like you kind of hinted at it, um, earlier, who is your, my guy of this class? It's, it's gotta be Trey Benson, baby. Trey Benson from Florida state. Uh, he's, I think he could get a second round capital, maybe not first round, but he's, he's again, I've not, I'm not. I'm not the the college scout that maybe Cody might be or like a lot of other people might be, but just very preliminary. Trey Benson's my RB1 just over in uh, Trey Gunn Henderson at the moment. He's listed at 6'1", 215 on, uh, on like the, the school site. He's listed at like 223. It's always fun to see like where these guys weigh in at. Like we don't really know until the combine. So the weight, take it with a grain of salt, but he does look 215 when you just see him like on film. He, we don't have an official 40 time yet, but I will, I'll bet my life on it. I feel as confident as this as I did with the uh, the other top, 50, the Garrett Wilson thing that I was talking about earlier. This guy is going to run in the four fours. I will put my life on it. You watch him on film. He's going to run in the four fours. He's a, he is a breakaway type of speed. Like it's legit. He's not – people like to say breakaway speed a lot. This guy is legit. Like he's – every time he touches the ball, it could be a, it could be a home run. Uh, he had 1,100 total yards this season. 
20 catches, so maybe not like the greatest pass catcher ever, but he can catch passes, 5.8 yards of carry, uh, 6.4 the year before. And just like the way he runs and like the the build, the weight, the speed, it kind of just reminds me of Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is my comp for him uh, just in terms of like a physical profile and just the way they play. They're not really like the shiftiest guys. Like Kenneth Walker isn't like a make make you miss kind of guy. He's like really – he's like a one-cut runner. He's either going to the house or he's going he's, he's gonna to run you over. Trey Benson finishes runs. He doesn't do like all that running out of bounds stuff. He wants to to run through you or run in the end zone. It's kind of like his two the, the two two things that he loves to do. I absolutely love Trey Benson with the right team. I think he could be a a legit dif- difference maker in dynasty. I think uh, to me, I know the college production hasn't been there with some of the other running backs in the class. I I don't know what's going on with Travion Henderson. Last time I checked, he might go back to school. Yeah. I, I I I don't know exactly what's going on. I don't think anything's official with that. Um, but he would he would be my RB one in this class because he kind of reminds me of a little Marshawn Lynch. But I love the Trey Benson pick because I I did I Trey Benson right now is sitting at my RB two if all of these guys decide to come out like in this class because like I said I'm not as big on Braylon Allen as some other people Blake Corum same story like I'm just not there with uh, I I but Trey Benson to me is one of the rare running backs in this class that does have the juice that you're talking about. Like he's got legitimate wheels four, three, seven. He's on record of, as running that. I know the stopwatch is a little like the hands a little quick on the trigger yeah. in some of those, uh, you know, at some of those high schools at some of those colleges, but he looks really good. And I know, like I said, the college production is not quite what, what we want it to be, but he's on my list too, because I think he's got a lot of the traits that you look for in, in just an explosive, uh, running back at the NFL level. So I, I like that call. Um, I have, I've got a couple guys and I know like I have a guy who I really like and a guy that I like and I'll be polling for because I think he's a really good dude. Uh, Jermaine Burton from Alabama wide receiver looks really, really good on film to me, like get separation. He's got uh, good speed. Um, I, I think he, he runs like a four, three, four, four, somewhere in there. So he's got good speed, good size, uh, at 6'1", 200 pounds. So I, I like Jermaine Burton and a guy that I'm going to be polling for. And I couldn't hardly believe it when I looked up his injury, uh, like his, in, his injury was just awful and gruesome. Is, is Jordan Travis, uh, the quarterback from Florida State, uh, like to me on tape. And I know he's been playing college football for six years. He looked really good. Like he looked elusive, mobile, good arm, good decision maker had a really, I thought, a really good season up until the injury. And so it's just a guy that's probably going to go a lot, a lot later than the Jaden Daniels, who's rumored to be a top 10 pick, um, or Drake May, or obviously Caleb Williams. He might, he might even fall into the second, third round. But I think he's a, a good developmental uh, player for, for a guy to take a chance on. And even though he's been in college football for six years, he's still just 23 years old. He's going to be 24 by the time the NFL season kicks off in 2024. So definitely a guy that I think could be molded into a really, really good NFL quarterback. If he gets the right situation, And that's kind of what the NFL draft is. Like there's all sorts of like guys out there who could fit a a scheme better than others. Um, and, And this year, like you said, there's a lot of pass catchers, a lot of wide receivers that are bigger, um, and more physical guys. Like obviously, uh, Malik uh, or not Malik neighbor. Well, Malik neighbors, six, one, one eighty eight. but Roma Dunze, 200 pounds, like Buka, 200 pounds, 
Harrison, two six three, two hundred pounds. Yeah, Coleman. Uh, yep, Coleman is a bigger guy. Xavier Leggett, two hundred twenty-seven pounds, runs four two nine. Like I, I don't know what to think about that guy yet from South Carolina, Xavier Leggett. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like I, he he's a freak. Like, but he's only got one year of college production, so I I have more work to do on him. Troy, Fl- uh, our guy Jay is bringing up Troy Fl- Franklin, another guy with just burr 6'2", 170 pounds. Uh, Xavier Worthy, four two speed, a, a little bit like a throwback to last year, a, little, a little smaller receiver. But th- there's receivers all over the place, man, with like elite traits. Like, like it's crazy. Like I, like it's like college football saw what was going on in the NFL, and these players are like, I want to play receiver. So some of the best athletes are transitioning to. Uh, receiver and it's exciting man it's just kind of like we're gonna see it i think on draft night we're gonna see like oh my god xavier worthy went that high it's just it's just gonna be depend on what nfl teams need and what they want what they see the role for certain players being if they want a slot receiver with some speed that can play outside maybe they go xavier worthy over a guy like uh that we that we think should be drafted higher who knows i mean I, I don't know, but it's I I think this class, especially at receiver, is one of the best I've ever seen at receiver. I have my questions at running back, quarterback. I think Caleb Williams could be really, really good, but I think it's a really good class overall with a lot of potential. Love it. I got one more player real quick. I'll go, I know we're, we're, we're already over on time, so I'll go really fast. If you love Ty J Spears, you are going to love Bucky Irving, running back out of Oregon, was at Minnesota transferred to uh Oregon and he's done nothing but excel he had 1400 plus uh, total yards this season 53 catches in 13 games is unbelievable he's uh I little Ty J Spears I can't think of a better comp than Ty J Spears for Bucky Irving he's explosive when he gets the ball in his hands and I just I love he's he's gonna be like one of those like if you love Ty J Spears like I said Bucky Irving is your guy he's the exact same player maybe a little bit more explosive he's doing it in the Pac-12 not in the what what conference is Tulane in? I don't even oh, know. Oh, you would you would say that? I I have no idea. Matt the Mac? Aren't they in the Mac? They might be. Uh, is it? I, I don't know. I, I'm not even gonna guess because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're in the Mac, but I could be wrong. Yeah. All right, that is gonna do it for us, Tyler. Uh, what do you have to plug, man? Before we get out of here, just the Twitter at PPR Tyler on tw- on Twitter. I'm gonna be doing some underdog drafts. The, like as soon as they open up in February, you're going to see me doing underdog drafts. Is it's going to happen? I I cannot wait. For I just can't wait to start drafting again. It's like I've been drafted for a while, and I just I just I, I need to scratch that itch. I need to get back in the underdog best ball streets. After, of course, I take down the Chihuahua Superflex this Sunday. Make sure you're there. It's going to be one for the ages when I take down thirty grand. So I don't know. Just saying. Yeah, and I can't wait to take down the the Dalmatian too, hey. which I'm still um I'm still in the in the hunt for in the finals going to be pulling for uh you know the Detroit Cowboys stack. I got a little Jared Goff, I'm on Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, CD Lamb. So I'm going to be pulling uh for those uh, for those players. We'll see uh Anthony Conference USA. It could be Conference right. USA. That that, right. that actually sounds like the right answer. I I'm, I'm going to look it up when I get out of here, but thank you to everybody in the chat who stuck with us this long. Um we really appreciate you guys. And if you want to do me a favor and yourself a favor, be tapped in in the offseason. Go to playerprofiler.com. Check out the articles. Tyler's going to be writing. I've already written some. Uh, we, we just have an offseason. Like, I'm really excited about this offseason for Player Profiler because I think 
you know, it, we've, we're doing some things and figuring out some things as a company that you guys are really going to like. So be tapped in for that and uh, go follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore D I E W O L D uh, editor at playerprofiler.com. That's what I do. So uh, until next time, thank you so much, Tyler, for joining me. Uh, nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great night.